myself into the future. Into the future, that's where we're going. Uh, this is Point and Click Radio. Good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Lawton. I'm Jim Hyde. And I'm Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. Point and Click Radio is the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX, the place where we bring you the latest computer and internet news and answer your computer questions. And for the first time in a couple of months, all three of us are well, I'd say together, but we're still about 56 miles apart in some cases. Ish. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> Together-ish is kind of the kind of the way we live these days. Yeah, anyway, isn't it? 50 miles, but only about uh, 0. 0.50 milliseconds, you know. When you, <laughs> exactly. When you're you're a few hundred pixels apart on our Zoom screen. <laughs> yes, you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back, Bob. It's, Thank you very much. I was away on assignment, as they say. Well, I was on assignment, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and it's not only good to have you back, but also good to be um, here live, as opposed to doing the pre-recorded shows, which we did um, for the last uh, several, um, the last few installments, um, because that not only means that all three of us are here, but it also means that we will be able to take some calls um, on the phone lines, which we will do in a little bit later in the show. Right. Uh, starting off, though, we have a little bit of the usual computer news. What's up first, Jim? Well, first of all, we've got um, Toby at the Point and Click Research Desk here to uh, to enlighten us um, with some tips for protecting your identity and your privacy online. And this um, this was something that uh, scrolled across your screen in the last couple of days, didn't it? And yes, thought, from the National Cybersecurity Alliance. That sounds official. Uh, it sounds official, but I was actually even suspicious. <laughs> so I made sure they were real, and they are. <laughs> and this is uh, their seven tips. For uh, to manage your identity and protect your privacy online, some just um, really common sense things to keep in mind um, that's easy to forget about or just not do, or just not know about. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know. So the first thing is to limit you know, the personal information you share on social media. Mm. Um, it's a smart way to help protect your online privacy. Don't overshare on social media. Um, for example, could an identity, uh, identity thief uh, determine your high school mascot or your mother's maiden name from digging through your Facebook account? Uh, the information is sometimes used as security questions. Right. Um, and it just takes a little more, or passwords on financial accounts. It just takes a little bit of, of uh, motivation to start digging and find some information. Oh, yeah. What, often on, go what, ahead, Bob. what website is there that doesn't offer you as one of your security questions? What was the name of your first pet? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know? Completely. Um, and also, there's also the issue of, you know, of course, of, of exploring the different privacy settings. You might want to limit the people who can view your posts mm. to those you've personally invited. Um, but one of the things that to keep in mind is ignore the about me fields. Okay. You know, you were talking, we're really talking in large part about Facebook, Facebook. here, right? Yeah, yeah. but you know, they find that in a lot of spots. But uh, Google also. Definitely yeah. Google. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have to let people know what year you were, or where you were born. That could make you a very easy target. So just right off the bat, ignore the about me stuff. Yeah. The people who know you already know that They stuff. already know about you. And it isn't necessary for them to know exactly where you were born. And it's really, it's oftentimes um, really not. So that's that just sort of a, a first line of defense, you know, resist filling out all of that information. It's a very complete look at you uh, your point as a person. About, your point about um, controlling 
the visibility of the things that you post and share is a really good one um, because, you know, on Facebook, you can have um, anything that you post can be um, shared publicly, which means that anybody on Facebook, whether they're connected, whether you're friends with them on Facebook or not, can see it. Right. But then you can also say fr what you should do is set up your, your Facebook account so that your shares and your posts only go to friends. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can get a lot more granular where let's say that you often post like old family photos that, you know, your family members on Facebook would really enjoy seeing. You can create a group on Facebook of only those family members. And then when you share one of those old photos, you can say only share this to my family group. You can be very specific about um, about who sees the stuff that you post. But it also um, warrants thinking about who you have decided is a quote-unquote friend well that's for sure yeah because it tends to be somebody friends you you friend them back do right. you really look do you know who they all are if you right. look through your friends you're like who are those people completely i think we talked about that yesterday i leaned over your shoulder you talked about a couple of people who are friends of yours and you had no idea who Is it, who's are. that i don't know yeah. well <laughs> so toby just a reminder i think a couple months ago you mentioned that somebody that was a friend or a friend of a friend got a friend request yes from yeah. somebody named with a name they friend. knew, but it was a hacked or faked account. It was a cloned account. A cloned account. Yeah. Well, that happened. It's interesting, actually. This past week, somebody who we both know got in touch with us on Facebook to say, hey, I want to send you a package. Is this the right address? Mm -hmm. And I said to Jim, don't answer that. I, <laughs> that seems like a weird yeah. question. And then they sent Jim an, an email asking the same thing. And then I went to LinkedIn and wrote to this person and said, hey, was that really you? Because we're so suspicious anymore, and now they're asking, you know, if our address is correct, and it did turn out to be him. And he was—he was so wise. He gave us like a secret password on LinkedIn to say only I would know this word. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And so we knew it was—it was he who oh, had, that, had written that, to us. That's a good idea. That's a good idea uh, yeah. to have a and, and if you have, have, to, a, have a digital safe word. <laughs> Exactly. And exactly. if you have to pick up the old good old fashioned telephone right. and say, hey, did you really send me a message? But it, it's really easy, you know, and you're in, in our in our world of just like we want to jump from one screen to the next to see a message and just respond to it right off the bat. Sure. Or click on that link that yeah. somebody sent me a message or a fake friend sent me a message the, 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 uh, through Facebook. The message was simply. Oh, look who died with a frowny emoji. And then it was a link below that. Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't click on that because no. it was also a weird, like, bitly, shortly, you know, shorthand. Um, yeah, one of those trun truncated URLs. But, hey, you, know, you just you can see why you, you, the urge is to click. It was speaking absolutely. of speaking of phones, one thing I never do, except for Apple, because you know that's that's my iPhone that I have, and so Apple automatically knows it because it's their phone and my account with it. I never give my my cell phone number to. Amazon, hmm. Google, anybody. You know, in fact, just about every time I go to order something on Amazon, a screen pops up saying, why don't you add your cell phone number? It's convenient, you know, blah, blah. I, I, I don't do that. I just, because once they have the door to your cell phone, it's like all bets are off. You know, they have those advertising trackers and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important not to give away your cell phone uh, or, or publish your cell phone number or add it to a, a message you post or anything like that if you can at all avoid it. That makes it. sense.
The only, so, the only exception to that would be if you were setting up something like a you know, two-factor authentication, authentication where yes. your bank would have to but call. That's oh, oh, for the, but that's a different yeah, thing. for yeah. the bank, for the bank uh, and stuff like that, because I think, I think that's that's more secure, you know. Yeah. And a lot of times I will give it to a, a third-party merchant if, if I want them to, uh, well, maybe not, maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I do know that you can go to the post office and track packages and have them send a message to your cell phone number. Yeah. And, There's definitely some and for that for those useful things, for yeah. You have to do it on a case by case basis. Anyway, we're so, only one tip into yeah, seven. Yeah, I'm going to so try to let's move along a couple back of these. to the research desk. Um, so browse in private mode. That's if you don't want your computer one. to save your browsing history, temporary internet files, cookies, do your web surfing in private mode. And <clears throat> most browsers have their own version of that. In Chrome, mm -hmm. it's called incognito. Uh, Firefox calls it setting um, private browsing. Uh, Internet Explorer uses something called in-private browsing uh, for its privacy feature. When you search with these modes turned on, others won't be able to trace your browsing history from your computer. Um, and that can be really useful. That that won't work with a lot of like e-commerce sites and banking sites because they need to be able to save cookies on your drive. But if you're just doing like general searches. And do know that it's not completely private because your ISP, your internet service provider, can still see your browsing activity. Sure. Um, and if you're searching on, on a company computer, obviously you're uh, owned by a company you work for, they can still tell they where you've been. Um, but so it, it certainly it, it incognito browsing has its benefits, but it's far from the only tool to maintain your privacy. It's just one thing you can do to help. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, if, if you are interested in your privacy, use a different search engine. You know, mm. most folks are uh, rely heavily on Google, but you don't have you don't have to. Privacy is one reason people prefer to use anonymous search engines. Um, and there are any number of them. Um, <clears throat> Duck, duck, go. Start page. Quant. Swiss cows. <laughs> Swiss cows. I didn't know um, about that one. Uh, Mojik. Uh, there are there are there are a whole bunch. If you just look up um, uh, anonymous, secure anonymous search, you'll come up with all manner of, of names. So go to Google and search for search engines. <laughs> yeah, search for other search engines. <laughs> um, but that is is one way to keep yourself a little bit more anonymized. Um, and even I imagine if you even just kind of rotate between them you're right. you know even if you rotate between the big commercial ones like bang and, and which i do and you're not you're not compiling one search engine is not compiling a dossier yeah i use google i use uh safari uh i use uh i'm sorry google i use bing um and i use DuckDuckGo. that's cool yeah, I like that. And DuckDuckGo um, is releasing um, a beta version of a brand new web browser they built from the ground up. They they got the uh, oh cool same. Uh, so they're not basing it on Chrome like Brave does. They they've got the same open source uh, web uh, foundation that Apple has for Safari. I think it's called WebKit, and they're WebKit. they're nice. building a from the ground because they want it to be fast and clean and and not do all the tracking cool. and everything. So um, I think you can actually go to the DuckDuckGo website and and uh, download their the uh, beta version of their homegrown web browser, which promises to be nice. good. Another uh, recommendation is to use a VPN or a virtual private 
network. Right. And that's really for people who do a lot of, you know, maybe travel and airports and, you know, various places where you're using public Wi-Fi where people can, uh, they, they have set up even hardware in these airports that's that are grabbing people's information. And what a VPN essentially does is it makes it possible to look like you're coming from somewhere else. Right, right. Basically, it spoofs uh, your location, so it keeps other people from being able to lock into your ISP, your internet service provider, and get your information. Yeah, Is that yeah that's, a, that's a completely accurate 30,000-foot definition. There are a lot of them available. Some are free. Um, some will give you, you know, like a half an hour of use, and, right. then they, and then they disconnect you if you don't pay for them. Um, and even the fee-based ones are really pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, I, I used ExpressVPN for quite some time, oh, yeah. and that was $12 a month. Yeah. And that made it possible for me to watch my t TV shows when I was in Belgium. That's the thing. That was, that was also in the <laughs> I could tell Netflix. Netflix thought I was at home. <laughs> and that was in the before times when you were doing a lot of business yeah. travel. And that is exactly the kind of uh, use case where a VPN is really useful. Like Toby said, if you're you know, using the, uh, a, a hotel or motel's Wi-Fi or the Wi-Fi in, in an airport um, or a coffee shop. Or a library. You know, any library. place where you're using the, the um, generously provided free Wi-Fi, right. it's very easy for a bad actor to um, be lurking. Yeah. And grabbing information, so a VPN. If that's something that you do frequently, find there are free, as, as Jim said, there are free versions, and there are low monthly payment versions that have some more features. Um, but it's worth looking into a VPN. Yeah. Um, next tip: we all know, we've all heard a thousand times, and we always have to remind ourselves over and over: be careful where you click. Mm. Uh, it's so easy to click. It's so easy to get an email. It looks like somebody you know. You get a Facebook message from somebody. You think it's them. It's just take that extra beat, look at what you're, you're doing. It's easy to get scammed. Scammers are getting more and more sophisticated. And it's terrible to be so um, leery that, you know, a friend of ours writes to us and we have to find two other ways to get in touch with them to make sure it's him. But well, um, it's, it's, the, it's the digital equivalent to looking through the peephole on your front door before you just blindly open the door. <laughs> yep, know? always a good idea. The, the doorbell rings. You wouldn't just fling open the door without in, inquiring who might be on the other side. And it's the same thing with those kinds of links or the attachment, attachments. Same deal with uh, attachments. Sometimes look at that email that says, you know, your invoice is enclosed. And you have no idea what that is about. And almost certainly that is a, a virus or, or malware payload. And right. to, Bad actors. And to what um, Bob was saying earlier, you know, secure your mobile devices, too. It's interesting. You can sometimes, you know, you have antivirus software, et cetera. You have all of this on your desktop or your laptop computer, and they don't really think about it on your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. um, when, in fact, most people probably do the majority of their surfing and interactions on the thing they're holding in their hands sure. um, so make sure you use a passcode to lock your phone yes. i know that that's a pain in the neck and some people have you know face recognition so that makes it a little bit easier um, but be sure to it, it's a bit of a hassle but it really does make a difference it offers a real extra layer of protection uh, particularly if the car if the phone is stolen and, and it'll give you a chance to erase the phone if it's gone um, before anybody can figure out how to get in there um, and make sure your passcode is complex if that's possible. You know, Apple's is just six digits. <laughs> right. And uh, 
Um, not anymore. Don't make it not anymore. Don't make it you you can use a, um, an alphanumeric uh, complicated password. It's just one of the choices. You can have a four ah, digit, a six digit, cool. oh, or well, then I would recommend that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a don't good idea. Don't make it obvious. Don't make yeah. it your first pet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't use your birthday, your house number, any of that good stuff. And be careful when you're downloading apps. You know, sometimes you'll find a free thing or, you know, you'll see something that's like, hey, I could spend, you know, 25 bucks on this thing that's a, you know, whatever photo manipulation software. But look, there's this free one. Be careful because that easily could be um, uh, embedded with viruses. Yeah, or trackers. Or or malware or spyware or blah, blah, blah. Or even just adware, just something that just, pummels you with ads and be equally cautious when you're searching the web or when you're reading emails on your phone um or on your mobile device of any sort um as you do when you're on your laptop or desktop computer one of Um, one of the things i do with emails on the phone is um i don't do it well i do it um on the on the web-based browser too sometimes for for mail is i just leave the uh, loading images turned off you know, mm-hmm. the remote content, that's a oh, choice yeah. on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Don't load the remote content in the email messages until you're sure yeah. it's it's a legitimate Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, also, don't ignore, uh, on, on mobile devices, don't ignore software updates. So people just sort of like oh, let yeah. them roll because they don't want to have the time or whatever the inclination. Those updates often include important protection, uh, uh, security protection and virus protection. So um, just... Let it happen overnight. You can set your phone to, to update overnight. Have it on a charger and let it update. And the, and the last thing is uh, to use quality antivirus software. It seems kind of arcane, <laughs> antivirus software, and yet it's still very real. It's still a thing. Um, it can keep hackers from remotely um, taking over your computer, accessing your personal and financial information, and tracking your location. Um, because viruses can leave you um, uh, vulnerable to all of those things. So... I know you're a Mac person because I am too. I am. Um, do you use do you use, do you have antivirus software on any of your Macs? I do. You do. I do. You never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that it was a disclosure situation. <laughs> well, it would have been nice to know. <laughs> um, no, I don't need it. We don't need it as much uh-huh. um, because we're not you know because we well, the 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 segment of the uh, uh, user base uh, the personal computer base that that Macs represent we are frequently less of a target right but we're not not a target because i know both of us have had situations oh, yeah. it used to ride in on the back of the flash installer oh well flash yes <laughs> flash was a virus because flash was downloadable it, it was seemingly downloadable everywhere and so every time you, you would get this thing that said hey it's time to update when in fact it wasn't from adobe it was just some mal- malware that was trying to get you to download something. And I know it happened to my mom, and she's on a Mac. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it, it was also, to get it, rid of. It was also a lot of times you'd try to view Flash in a browser, and the browser would tell you you needed to update. And exactly. Very courteously, courteously offer you a, a, yeah. a... And I would never do this. I would always go straight to Adobe. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's also what you should... You know, that's another good tip, is that if you're going to update, make sure that you're going to the, you know, the, the original... Uh, the creator to the publisher of whatever yeah. that update is, um, because that's another way that the sneaky sorts um, get it, you get you to download something, get you to download something, and then populate your machine with it for them. Um, right, right. 
So just a lot of common sense stuff. Um, the the um, National Cybersecurity Alliance, their website is really cool. They have lots of good information. And there are lots of good tips at staysafeonline.org. Ooh, that's a great URL. Staysafeonline. Staysafeonline.org. Yeah. It's a, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of information at the site, and it's all like an easily understood language. You don't have to be a big tech nerd to, to take advantage of the um, advice that they that they um, they also have a resources library. It's cool. Oh, really nice. Yeah, good stuff. You bet. Thanks, Toby. At the Point and Click Research Desk. My pleasure. Point and Click Radio. Radio. Thank you, as always, for a, a great selection of privacy and security tips. You're very welcome. Have a good show, guys. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. But definitely a good bunch of tips. I like all those. And you know, we we can't beat the drums on cybersecurity too much. It's it's not going to get any better in the future, and we're going to have so many more directions uh, that that these attack vectors are coming. You know, it's just part of part of the landscape. You know, and they're getting ever more clever with um, different ways to trick you. There was, in fact, just an article in the New York Times within the last few days about um, text spam. I'm sure you get those. Um, and now the, the, the latest version of text spam involves scammers sending messages to you seemingly from your own phone number. Yeah. So you receive a text message from yourself that is, uh, that is a spam message. And um, there was an article on the in the April sixth uh, edition of the New York Times. Um, if you go to um, the New York Times personal text section, it's really an amazing section of an amazing newspaper. Um, and remember, because we talked about it here on the radio earlier this year, that you can get access to the New York Times dot com through the Mendocino County Library by having a library card, which you can also get online, online. electronically. Um, I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting that when the when I get the big block, the big paywall block saying, you know, your three free articles for the month or decade or whatever is are used up. Now yeah. you can. But I keep forgetting to go to the library and just read it on the library. I think, I think they have get, a limited number. I think you get five free articles a day from the New York Times. A day. There yeah. are other a bunch of other newspapers, sure. some of which are completely free, and they may have other ones that may have their own specific limitations. But I believe that the New York Times is five free articles a day, which is not bad. No, no, not at all. So you were talking about um, a, a cool tip. Speaking of tips of the week, um, relating to your iPhone. Yes, this is something I just process of dealing with all those cluttered icons of all the different apps that you download and probably very rarely use. Well, <laughs> you know, especially with things like free apps or apps that are on sale, you know, for 99 cents gotta, instead of nine, got to try it and they just build up. And unfortunately, you can't just store them somewhere else. Yeah. I guess you can delete them and then re-download them, but a lot of times they disappear from the Apple App Store and you can't get them back. So the, yeah. the habit is to just keep cluttering up your phone. And one day in, in, a, in, a, in a moment of absolute boredom, I finally decided to just <laughs> sit there and clean up my, you know, the first screen. Now, I don't know how this works on Android devices. That a lot of what I'm saying may apply in, in the same way to Android uh, smart devices. And this, whatever I'm going to say about the iPhone also applies to the iPad uh, in terms of doing this little trick that I learned. 
but um, one of the things that happens is all all of your you know the first screen that comes up when you open your phone by default you know the one that's your number one home screen with all the apps should be the most important ones that you like to use unless they're ones you don't want to accidentally tap on and then maybe you put them on the second screen but you know they're you're they're there and so you can visually find your way around but what happens is when you find a new app that you want to try or an app that's been recommended and you really want to start using it, when you download it from the store, it goes on the last possible screen or maybe the the, the nearest not used empty space on one of the screens that are near to the end of the screens. You can have 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of these screens you have to swipe through to see all the, Your all the icons. Yeah. And so you might want to move that latest one that you just downloaded from Microsoft or Google or something, and you have to do the edit the home screen trick where you press down on an icon until it starts jiggling around. Then you have to kind of guide it along the screen and move it up to the left border if you're moving it towards the first screen and wait for it to jump to the next screen. And then the icons on that screen are all going to start jiggling around and scrambling and you may accidentally drop it or it may, you may miss the thing and it may go back to the screen it came from. Anyway, it could, it can take, you know, up to a few minutes even sometimes to actually drag this icon all the way up to the first screen. Then you got to figure out where to put it exactly and you might knock something off the first screen that you never wanted to leave the first screen. You have to go back and drag it, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it it's feeling like one of those little puzzles where you have to move the tiles back and forth to, yeah. to put, their, put yeah. the numbers in order. And another pitfall is if you happen to accidentally hover that icon you're, you're, you're gingerly dragging along over another icon, in about a half a second, it'll think you want to pair them together in, in a, a folder. <laughs> yes. And yes. It, they, well, they, they get attracted to each other. Yes, and they, they want to they, mate. They, mate. <laughs> they want to move in together. <laughs> <laughs> Google Docs wants to move in with iTunes or something like that. And then you have to just hang on and carefully drag the thing out and then it wakes up to the fact that it's been, you know, been uh, dumped and 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 folder disappears and you're kind of starting all over again. Well, in in the midst of my boredom and frustration with this process, when you go into that mode, and even actually before you go into that mode, in between the dock at the bottom, which on a, a phone usually has four, maybe five icons, or on an iPad can have a whole lot of icons, that dock at the bottom and the field of the of the uh, home screen where the icons are living, and I think there's like maybe up to 12 icons per screen, there's a, a gray bar with white dots on it that represent the number of populated app screens that you have. Well, this is the trick. Uh, the first thing I did is when I went in to edit the home screen mode and the icons were jiggling, and you folks can try this at home if you want to get your iPhone out or your iPad. Um, when you go into that edit mode and all the icons are jiggling, if you gingerly tap that gray bar, it completely takes you out of the individual icon mode and it shows you small proxy images of all of your populated screens. And if it's more than fill up the screen on the iPhone, you can scroll up and down. And if you scroll all the way, pushing the, the proxy, uh, screen images up you'll get to the to the netherworld of your least populated screens and there's got to be one or two screens there with maybe one or two icons on them right what i discovered through my naturally inquisitive uh <laughs> 
process was if you tap and hold on these screens, you can move them anywhere. You could go to your home screen, the first screen, and move it all the way to the back. Or you can take one of those empty screens and move it up all the way next to the home screen. So what... Um, what I did and what it turned out you can do in this process, you can make one of those more empty screens into what I call an icon bucket or an icon card. Move it up next to the last screen, put a bunch of icons in it. Well, I have to say that when you tap on the proxy, it goes, it jumps to that screen and you're actually in the screen with those icons. But what you can do is you can repeat the process, tap on the little gray bar, Go back to the proxies, drag that screen up near the home screen with your bucket of icons, and now you've only got to move them from one screen over to the main screen. And so you can move them around, and you can go collecting icons. Say like you have a bunch of uh, audio or you know speech or music that you want to get all together. You can you can move this icon bucket screen up and down your uh, other screens activate it this move over one screen and then start collecting icons and then when you go back to the proxy view where you see the miniature thumbnails of the screens then you can move it to a different section and 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 uh, add them to where you want and it's a much more efficient way to to do that process but the That's other really thing cool. the other thing i discovered is you don't even have to go into the edit home screen view first where the icons are jiggling if the screen is a normal the normal state where you're normally using it and you tap and hold on that gray bar it jumps to the proxy view to start and then right. you can begin the process from there so it's a very it's a very flexible method of dealing with this eternally frustrating problem you know it's true and then there's also even a kind of a semi-related tip and that is when you're in that proxy view when you're when you've zoomed up to seventy thousand feet and you're looking at the little tiny tile versions of each of those screens there's a checkbox on each of those little proxy screens and you can uncheck that and it'll turn into a minus sign and you can remove that entire screen of icons from your phone and when you do that the phone displays a little message saying don't worry you're not deleting these apps they'll be still they'll still be available in your app library so if you have a bunch of apps that you maybe only use occasionally or maybe you know yeah I don't want to delete this but I really don't use this and I don't want to have to swipe across seven different screens to find the app that I want you can hide those screens that that house those apps you hardly ever use and then they won't be sullying your uh your your, your phone screen um but yet the apps are still there if you if you need to if you want to run them and then if you go back can you recheck those and have them come up again that's a good question i haven't tried that but i bet you can Maybe not, but anyway, it's still they're still in your app library, and if you use the search method, you were talking about this earlier. Um, you like to find obscure app icons just by swiping down and going to the search where you start to type right. in, or even ones that I use all the time. Like I often use, you know, the Wonderground app, the yeah. other uh, Wonderground app, which is an awesome app. Um, I don't even know what screen that lives on. Yeah, but I, I get to it. I just when you're when you've got your phone turned on and you're at your home screen if you just swipe down you get the little search box at the top and if you just 
start typing the name of the app, W-U-N in this case, the phone will go, up. Oh, that's the one he wants, and it'll highlight that one, and then you can start it. So, it actually, it actually mm-hmm. brings a proxy up right under the search bar, and you just tap right. on that. It doesn't even, right. it doesn't direct you to the screen where the app is. It just brings up a proxy of it, and you tap on that. And It's almost like the old, you know, DOS operating system where you exactly. have to start a program by typing its name. Turns out that can actually be more efficient than... Oh tapping and swiping and going left and right oh absolutely absolutely (laughs) but i just i mean i had just had it up to here with that edit the home screen by painstakingly dragging one app icon you know you know bouncing and jumping from one screen to another and (laughs) and then to have the whole process fail just the instant before you had it where you want it you know so this is a a a much improved uh, process and i just i'm just astounded that i've never seen it in print or referred to or in the apple instructions it's a nice nice tip yeah yeah i'm creating a creating a cart like you said an app cart yeah just kind of throw them all into one place and then move them around as you see fit yeah yeah it's it's going to save me some time and again it works on the ipad as well as the iphone so it's it's a good and i suspect it's probably pretty similar on android i know that there is i think so similar function where you can just hold down on an icon and it starts to jiggle or wiggle or send a send a a flare or whatever right. it does on the, the yeah the other thing that's even more sophisticated than that that it, which is a piece of software that i actually really really like it's a third-party software that only works with iphones and ipads and ipod touches uh any any i apple i device that you can plug in with the you know with the cable to your computer is iMazing. you can do the same thing on iMazing. Uh, and uh, arrange and, and curate your your app screens uh, the same oh, way, nice. but that may, make, means making a trip to the computer and doing it, you know, when right. it's when it's plugged right. in. This is something you can do when you know sitting at the bus stop or whatever. Any bo- any any idle moment when you feel like twirling your icons around. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Good anyway, stuff. I hope that's helpful. There's another people. really cool. Um, um, speaking of mobile apps, um, an, an uh, app that you turned me on to about 20 minutes before the show went on, um, and and it's that Wikipedia app. And um, I want to have you describe it. But before we do, let's just remind folks that they're listening to Point and Click Radio, the biweekly computer show. Here on KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, Willits, and Ukiah. Yours truly, Jim Hyde, here with Bob Lawton, back from assignment, and uh, Toby Molina earlier in the show at the point-and-click research desk. But this is an app that you turned me on to that provides a really beautiful face on one of our favorite websites, Wikipedia. And what's the deal with that app? It's called... um, The... Letter V, you know, just the letter V for Wiki. V for Wiki. And um, it is a iPhone and iPad and any any iOS device uh, uh, app that you get from the App Store. And it is it is a third party interface for Wikipedia. Now, I don't know if it only works on the English Wikipedia. I haven't had that much time to play around with it in terms of what its limitations or capacities are. But the first thing about it is it's an absolutely gorgeous design that, that is, you know, Wikipedia is a framework. It's a, it's a, it's a web framework for presenting information. So 
it's consistent from one article to another. You know, there's a table of contents, there's a sidebar, there's a description, there's an outline. All these things are standard. So what they did is they used their their programming know-how to gather all this stuff together and format it for portable devices. Uh, for In a beautifully, Apple. really visually yes. beautiful way. And um, you've heard of Eric uh, Spiekermann. Uh, he's like the, the dean of German typography. Oh, yeah. He's a major, major typography. Major, major. Guru. He did all the typography for the German National Railroads and everything. And he's quoted on their on their uh, V4Wiki website as saying, best typography on the small screen yet. Get this app, a brilliant Wikipedia reader. Now, that's, if it hasn't oh. coming from somebody who has design chops, I don't know what is. If but, you like Wikipedia. Yes. And and the thing is, it 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 formats it for reading ideally. For you know, if you just want to browse Wikipedia on a handheld device, it sets it up in a beautifully uh, arranged way. I use it all the time, especially in bed. If I want to look, I wake up in the middle of the night and just have to find something on Wikipedia. <laughs> and it also has PowerPoint karaoke. Yeah, so it has it for iPad. It has it for iPhone. And it also has it for the Apple Watch too, which is amazing. That's really kind of crazy to be able to read Wikipedia on your watch. It's called V V. If you go to the App Store, um, and I, I don't think there's an Android. Uh, this is, I think, only for. I Apple think it devices. is only for Apple devices. Go to the Apple App Store and just search for V. The letter V is in victory. V for Wikipedia, and you'll get there. Um, a disclaimer. Well, not a disclaimer, but a note. This is not a free app. This no. is not supported by ads. It's not polluted nope. by ads. It does not track you in any way. Nope. The app is seven dollars and ninety nine cents, which is you know a little on the pricey side as far as apps go. Yes, um, but it's but not wow. seven ninety nine a month, Jim. <laughs> this is this is true, and given that you know it's a lot cheaper than the old you know two uh, seven linear feet volumes of the encyclopedia britannica oh, yeah um it's still a deal um and and they don't track you or present ads or th anything in any way um and and like bob said it's just an absolutely beautiful way to look at wikipedia v for wikipedia so here are some of the features it has if you allow it to sh to to sense your location it'll show you nearby places Discover interesting Wikipedia articles about the area around your location. So this would be That's... any location. If you go to Paris and do it, you know, this, I'm in Paris, show me some Wikipedia articles. Or explore another spot in the world. It's fun with it, the SIG. So it does it in a map-based interface, the, the location. Cool. When you open it up, the app up, for the first time, you know, if you haven't used it or if you just opened it up for the first time, what you see on the home screen is the most read articles. So, you know, if the queen says something, you'll get royal family articles. If, you know, something's happening in Ukraine, you'll get Ukraine articles. If somebody dies, you'll get all the, you know, the uh, obituary type articles. And you can see, see what topics are mattering in the world right now. It knows which articles people are reading the most. And the other thing I love about it is it keeps a running log of your search history on a search results screen. So oh, what nice. was I looking at last week? I can't even remember. Well, you go right. to the search screen and you can see all the articles that you've been to and you can edit it. You, you know, if you um, if you search for a few terms and they were duds, you can delete those from the search log and just keep the the ones that that you want. Also, um, like the um, 
Remember the Read It Later app uh, or extension for browsers that you oh, use? Yeah. yeah. This does the same kind of thing where you can change the typography and change the co background color and everything. It's a, it's a really mm. good reader in itself. And um, you can browse the image galleries. It has a really good interface for viewing whatever images are associated with a particular article. So I, I just love it. It's definitely, I mean, I would, if I had to pay for it all over again, I would pay twice the price, definitely. Yeah, well worth and, it. I, when I saw it, when I just saw the screens, I said, oh, yeah, I need that. You do, you um, do. It's just so good. Um, and what inspired me to, to, to bring this up is that you guys covered uh, Wikipedia on the show you did a couple of weeks ago, and it was really, yeah. really fun yeah, to hear all that Yeah, we did an interview with uh, Annie Rauerda, the, um, the, the, the woman who started and curates the really crazy fun Instagram account called Depths of Wikipedia, where um, she posts links or, or screenshots of some of the weird esoteric funny strange things that are buried in the depths of the vastness that is wikipedia um if you do have a link to wikipedia in a email or on a web page uh it, it you can have, teach your device to open it in v for wiki rather than going to a, oh, a nice. browser yeah so it, it works that way too you know they have it integrated that way into the into the operating system so it's, it's really cool i definitely recommend it i couldn't live without it anymore it's super cool my preferred way to go and visit wikipedia i, I can't wait to install it on my ipad i just, just put it on my phone you know minutes before we went on oh good air. good oh you have it on already yeah yeah i really need to put it on my ipad because that's it's the best on a, on a bigger screen like that that's just where i think it's gonna and, and i'll give you a tip for using it um that i that you discover i don't i haven't seen it documented if you open up a wikipedia article usually if there's a, a primary uh, key photograph associated with it. Like, you know, you go to the page for Johannes Brahms, it'll have a bust of Brahms or a picture of Brahms. Hey, hey. And that will populate, it becomes what they call a hero image, you know, the big image mm, at the very okay. top. If you pull down on the screen, it just brings that whole image up. So if it's an intricate oh, image nice. with a lot of detail, you can pull down the text and the introductory, introductory titles, and it just shows the image. And then when you release it, it just goes back to the article. It's really... Oh. It's right. so well done like that. Yeah. Did we uh, did we give the ID at the half? We well, did. We okay. Did, but we didn't give out the phone numbers. Wow. Let's do that. And let's, let's get onto the phone. Rare opportunity now that we're live instead of pre-recorded as we have been for the last several shows, we can actually take phone calls. You can reach us at uh, the normal number, right? Eight nine five two four four eight. Eight nine five two four four eight. Area code seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. If you have a computer question, or a computer answer, or a comment about something that we've talked about. Is that the phone? Is that my phone ringing? No, that's... No. <laughs> give us a buzz at 8. Give you, I'm give us, giving us a musical bumper here. 895-2448, area code 707-895-2448. If you have any questions about the show or anything we've covered, or any computer problems or questions that have come up in the uh, few weeks that we've been doing pre-recorded shows give us a call and we'll go to the phones we have a call coming in let's go to the phones jim all right okay hi you're on the air hi uh i have two quick questions uh one is i have an iphone 7 and i have not been able to get uh to my hotmail account for at least six months 
Is, is there anything that you guys know of that is preventing these companies from being able to coordinate? I've tried everything I know, which isn't a lot, but um, I can't access my Hotmail, which is now uh, Outlook uh, account that I've had for 25 years. Cannot get to it for my iPhone 7. So I when, you say, when you say you can't get to it, does that mean, you know, you get an error message? How, are, you, are you trying to access it through an app or through, like, the browser, the web browser? Um, I just, I used to have a, a little icon on my iPhone 7, and I would just click on it, and it would open it up. Um, I can't go, if I go through uh, Google and go online to go to Outlook, uh, I can't get to it there. Um, my Hotmail account is worthless for my phone because I can't use any other devices. I just didn't know if uh, maybe... Oh, you mean, to... you mean you don't have any other devices that you can use now to access Hotmail? Uh, c- correct. Uh, the, the, the backstory to this is um, for the last three years, I've paid for... Um, through AT&T, um, what is it, um, Wi-Fi, <clears throat> a router. I can't, um, I can't figure out how to use my laptop. I don't have a television. I can't figure out how to access movies. All I can use is well, my iPhone. When, you, when it was working for you, you said you tapped on an icon. Was that a Hotmail icon specifically, or was it Outlook? Yes. It was Hotmail slash Outlook. Um, I just clicked on it, and it got me right to my e emails and i can no longer do that and i've tried to i've tried to um eliminate the icon eliminate the program and re-upload it or download it whatever it is have you tried setting have you tried setting up your hotmail account using apple's mail app um well that's the funny thing is i started out with an iphone 5 some years ago and in all the years i've had an iphone i've never been able to get to apple i can't get my i can't get my password i can't reset it their systems i reason i was thinking about this because earlier on they were talking about different ways of security i i literally can i mean regularly i can't access my emails my passwords the most hilarious one is with the you know hotmail they'll say oh you want to reset your password tell us what your last password was and then try to reset your new password right so oh I yes knew what my blast password was i wouldn't be requesting a new password outlook has made that there. i've helped I've had, yeah I had, I had to help someone through an outlook or a hotmail email reset once and you're right they make it unbelievably difficult yeah, um, it's well, a hot you know, it's a hot mess <laughs> it, it is that and, I, and it's, it's really hard you know, there's so I, many Okay, I have another question for you, caller. Uh, have you been keeping your iPhone? I, I use an iPhone 7 too, uh, and it works fine. It does everything I want it to, and I don't want it to ever die. But uh, have you been keeping it updated to the latest versions of the Apple operating system? I have never updated any of my phones ever because I can't access Apple, and I can't access – I've never been able to upload an Apple phone – I mean, song – because I can't get to iTunes, because I can't figure out what my password is, and I can't reset it. And every time I've done it, I try it, I make a valiant attempt about twice a year, and they shut down my entire account 
because I can't figure out how to get to iTunes to Apple Store and I can't reset my password. So can, can you still make phone calls? I can't. Oh, well, that's good. My, <laughs> I can use my phone as a phone. I just that's thought phone. that they were having a war between, you know, Apple and Microsoft no. and stuff and they were they were you saying, know, Oh, you have to get a newer phone to get a newer version. We're not uh supporting no, no. you know, if you um if you if you if you ever find yourself in Santa Rosa, <laughs> you know, okay. this, I think you, you need, you need um, a visit to the Genius Bar at an Apple store or just some help from, you know, a local savvy person who can look exactly at seeing what kinds of error messages you're, you're getting, um, seeing how you might be able to set it up to work with your AT&T Wi-Fi thing. Um, it sounds like there's just some kind of foundational stuff that might be going wrong that, um, that, that you need help with. I have a website for you to go to as soon as you get off the phone. Okay. It's yeah, because that was going to be that was going to be my second question, which is, um, I mean, I know I just have a, a, a BA degree and a, and a law degree, but I literally don't have television. Um, That's and I okay. Can't watch I can't watch movies, and I literally do not know how to be able to get a television. I I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. I live in Ukiah, and um, I'm not a luddite, but I literally. Do not have access to movies or television because I do not know who to contact, what person, what magician I would contact okay. to be able to do you, to um, Are you able to go to websites on your phone? Does the Safari browser still yeah. work? Okay. Here's where I want you to go. It's called I, okay. for, I Forgot. I F O R G O T. This the word I and the word forgot all together. Yep. I forgot dot apple dot com. Have, having trouble signing in, enter your Apple ID to get started, and that will help you get back in business with your phone. I just don't know what my Apple ID is. It's in there. It's in there if you go into your settings. Go into your settings, and the first thing you'll see is a little, it'll either have your picture if you put it in or a, um, a little round icon showing a person, and it will um, it will show you your um your Apple ID, your Apple ID should be there. I don't know if you can actually use the phone to do anything without the Apple ID. That's right. I go to settings and I go to ID. What What's the name of the title of the thing I need? Well, it, it, you're right at the top. Where you're right at the is. top. Okay. And um, right there at the top, it'll have. Um, you should have your name. Your and name you and a whole tap bunch on that. Yeah. My name. Okay. Give it a Great. try. Give it a try, and I then will. you may actually have Jim's right. You may have to, uh, have to belly up to the Genius Bar at the Apple Store and have them go through it. But they can do that. It's not an insolvable problem, and not at all. I think you, all. you'll if find a, when you get when you get things. Rip. Yeah, when you get things cleaned up, you'll be able to get back to your Hotmail in one form or another. I, the I Apple Store in Santa Rosa. Got it. Thank you guys so much. Right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for probably calling. A, there, there may well be a computer repair place in Ukiah that specializes in Apple stuff that might be able to help you out as well so, to save you the drive. Okay. Great. Thank Good you. luck. Good luck. Thanks. Yeah, that's a gnarly problem. I know a lot of people. A lot of people just don't have time to to no, mess know, these, around with those things. These devices are so incredibly easy to use until they aren't. Yes. And you get just below the surface, and all of a sudden you are lost, like this previous caller with a law degree. Well, 
that won't help because you're, all of a sudden you're in the bowels of tech hell. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm seeing this more and more. I, I want to write an article called Everything is Awesome and None of It Ever Really Works. <laughs> How many times do you have to reboot your phone because there's a problem or you have to turn something off and then turn it back on and you want to watch a movie um, but you know on Netflix but the app is crashed and you have to force quit the app I used to just be able to turn my TV onto four and I would get channel four and it worked yeah maybe the picture would get fluttery if a plane went overhead <laughs> or, right. or it'd be staticky if there was a thunderstorm going on but right. it just worked and now you have all of these we have all of these amazing limitless array of technical goodies around us that two times 20% of the time they don't work <laughs> no and the the I really sympathize with our with our last caller the stack of technologies that make the even the simplest things work are, are at the point where they're so complicated that they're actually even inconceivable yeah even the people that work on parts of them don't even necessarily understand how the yes, whole exactly. thing works yeah you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary. We got a call. Let's go to the phones. Everything Hi, you're on the awesome. air. Works. Hi, good evening. Um, I'm calling because you were talking about the security and how to protect yourself. Um, yes. And I try. I do everything I can to protect myself. I only have one um, device that is connected to the internet, um, but I'm just concerned because. For the second time in like six months, I've had a credit card used that I didn't make the charges. And all, all of the charges are to Amazon. Would you guys wow. have any idea of how they're getting my information? Mm, I mean, there could be any number of that could have happened because you dropped a credit card down at a restaurant to pay a bill and the and the and the uh and the and the server decided hey i'm gonna buy myself a new flat screen tv yeah i mean you know i think in those cases you need to notify your credit card company and you need to get a you know get that card canceled and reissued and oh. then oh that that was done um immediately i mean when i was talking to the representative and finding out that that because i i saw a chart i actually i didn't hadn't even gotten my statements after the first one which i it discovered the um charges on it only because i called in to make sure they got my payment in the mail uh -huh. and um, there was charges and i was like what or it didn't make it didn't make sense and i I talked to a representative, and they said, oh, there's this charge to Amazon. Oh, there's this charge to Amazon. I said, well, I don't do business with Amazon. So anyway, and, and is it, is it, after is it possible, that one. Is it, you know, you can go into Amazon, and you can look at past purchases, and you can see where, you know, in, in, in the Amazon world, you can have a purchase sent to a different address. Is it possible that but, somebody got a hold of your Amazon login and they bought bought something and had that item shipped to an address other than your own? Well, no, I don't have an Amazon account. No, they they oh, they stole her oh. they stole her credit card number and used it for I to make see. their own purchase. I see. Wow. Correct. Correct. And the scary part is that this last time with my second credit card, they actually sent something not in my name but to my address 
Actually, there were two two things, and I refused them. I made the post office take them back. They they used your credit card and had it sent to you. Had it sent to a different name, but to my address. To your address. That's I don't understand That's why really people do that. <laughs> this is no no. This I'm sorry. I just I just dropped my phone. Are you still there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, apologize to everybody listening. But this, I'm so upset about all of this because I don't know how to contact Amazon because I don't have an Amazon account. I went online trying to find a phone number to call them you because I want to talk to somebody about this. Yeah, you won't find that. Yeah, and I don't think that's really going to help anyway because you're ultimately the problem is rooted in your credit card and you're with your credit card processor and where you other and in other places where you might be using that credit card like i said it could be a brick and mortar store just down the street where you happen to be or it could be a gas station where you're using a credit card to pay at the pump and they've got one of those um, little hijack devices installed um, that thieves can do in a in a credit card reader um so the problem is with is not with Amazon. It's with your credit card somehow credit getting card out into the wild. And there's just a million. I mean, they can be they can be uh, taken, harvested in a data breach where yours and sure. forty million other credit card numbers were stolen or or otherwise accessed. Or like I said, it could no, be no, you know it could be an in unscrupulous uh, server at a local restaurant where you happen to plop down that card. Okay. Or it could be a gas so, station, like I said, a card a card reader. So Amazon must, I mean, they must not do much as far as when somebody buys with a credit card of checking things on the card. Well, only to see right? if it'll, only to see if it's going to work. Card, if the card works, then they ship. Yep. You know, okay. like like any retailer would. I have an eight hundred. Well, I have an eight hundred number for Amazon. I'm going to put this oh, out. Oh, I'd love to. I'm going to put this out as a public service. I don't this know if historic. it's. I don't know if it still works, but I have this in my context, and in the notes it says, "Please note that if you have a time sensitive concern, you can always contact us by telephone. Our customer service department is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. USA and Canada. The number is one eight hundred two zero one." Seven five seven five. I can't guarantee this is still going to work. This is this is probably a few years old, but it may. Okay. Well, I'll, I will try it. So, can I repeat it? Well, yeah, I'll it's repeat. One eight hundred. Okay, you can repeat. One eight hundred two zero one seven five seven five. Don't tell them I said this over the radio. <laughs> I won't. I won't breathe a word. I'll just say that that I was. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your, appreciate your program because you've taught me an awful lot of things that I've tried to tried to apply. And I, I with my passwords, making them long and complex, yes. and all of those. Thank things. you. That's that's music thank to you. our ears. That's what Listen, we like to do. Uh, Keep listening. Report, report back to us. Oh, I let will. Us, let us know if you actually get to, get to a human being, and let let us know what your experience was. I I will do. I'll call Amazon. I'll let you know. Beautiful. Thank All you. Right. Good luck. Hey. Good night. Good night. I still can't help but think that that obviously that credit card is getting out in the wild somewhere. And, I think so. Yeah. Um, and there are, like you said, there are so many different points of failure where that can happen. Yeah. And uh, Toby was talking earlier about Mac security, and you were shocked that she had an antivirus program. Yes. Yes. 
Why was I? Why, I'm shocked. Why, why wasn't I informed? I'm shocked too. Well, <laughs> I guess it wasn't in the prenup, Jim. <laughs> this has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX Philo ninety point seven FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah ninety one point five FM, and Fort Bragg at eighty eight point one FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.